how was your trip so with, chris <laughs> how was your trip with the family <laughs> you went back to oregon that's right i went back to see my family for the first time in roughly almost two years just with everything that happened last year um you know it was bizarre we had a very quiet celebration of holidays over the last year um and it was jam-packed i had two weddings in back-to-back weekends i went to the beach overnight i had my brother's college graduation party had a baby shower uh, we went to the beach for a night. Did I already say that? Yeah, one? I'm getting everything already. My, Dude, that's a lot. It's like all. It's all. And I was working the whole time too, so it's a little mushed together in my head. It was a lot. I don't know if other people are getting out there and, and like taking real long trips or going to go see family after having not seen them for a long time. Those kind of things, but um, it's it's amazing. But it's also almost overwhelming. At least that's kind of my my perception. Is it's like after getting small doses of people over Zoom or you know outside in a patio for so long like reuniting at this level is like it's very draining did you stay um, at your parents house stayed at my parents house for part of the time stayed at my wife's house for part of the time um yeah you guys are both from there <laughs> yeah yeah parents live like a mile apart so it was great though um it was good but i'm also just like very happy to that i don't know maybe i become i consider myself like a pretty outgoing person but i wonder if the pandemic has made me more of an introvert. I think you know? it's done it for all of us a little bit. Like I can only handle so much. Like plus, when you're staying at the house, it's like very concentrated family time, and it used to be kind of easier to do. Now it's like I like to retreat. Yeah, it's like you feel like you got to be on to a certain extent. Yeah. Um, so I heard you had a birthday party as well that you were celebrating yesterday. Yeah. So speaking of family, like my parents are in town staying at my house for the week, <laughs> and that's it's been a great. <laughs> But, um, but they came because it was my daughter's first birthday uh, this week, and we had a little party in the park with some friends and other kids. My other sister came out with her kids, uh, and it, w- it went really well. It went as well as it could have gone, you know. It's kind of scary out in the world right now because of the you know Delta variant, and um, obviously we're all vaccinated and stuff, but still the breakthrough cases. It's just kind of scary what, what it was going to look like, but weather turned out great. It was breezy. She smashed her cake. She, like, literally picked up Helena, picked up the cake and like put it in her face. It was so cute. It was. Oh, it was. Adorable. And then my dad launched a rocket, <laughs> like a little toy rocket, oh. uh, uh, for the birthday. He's into that stuff. It's it, he does it every Thanksgiving. He writes all the grandkids' names on it, and then launches it. And he did one in Missouri. It was cool. So where does it, where does it go? Um. Right now, it's sitting in a tree in Stevens Lake Park in Columbia, Missouri. Um, but it has a oh, okay. it has a parachute, and it comes down. Usually, we can retrieve it and catch it, but this one ended it in a tree. <laughs> oh, it's kind, a fun little kind of a bummer. <laughs> the fuselage came down though, and we did retrieve that. But anyway, nice. Okay, okay. So, how about Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Christmas in July. Yeah. I, that's one of the questions I'm going to have for you, how you feel about that. But I guess we have a lot to talk about. So should we get started? Let's do it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to This American Horror Story, a show about the FX hit show American Horror Story and the new show uh, American Horror Stories, the anthology series. I am your host, Tyler Moss, here with my co-host. Chris Houston. What's up, everyone? What's up, Tyler? I feel like I'm an influencer now. What's up, bros? Blah! I know. You gotta, you gotta say bros a lot. You gotta, like, stick your tongue out at the camera, yeah. pose. I'm not very good at that. Thank God. Um, 
Wow, the naughty list, man. Um, this is going to be one where we're, I, I don't know about you, but from what I've, we've already received a fair amount of feedback, and this episode was very polarizing. Some people yeah. loved it. Um, to to quote Amy Verbatim from Facebook, I believe she said, "I don't know if I've ever said this, but this episode sucked ass." So I think we should <laughs> we'll have some fun, kind of going through and discussing uh, the various opinions. Um, and who knows, maybe you and I will even net out having some different opinions on it too. Um, so there's a lot of fun things to talk about before we dive in. Thank you to everybody, of course, for continuing to send us feedback, your thoughts, your responses, your questions. It's always fun to bring those into the show. Um, you can always do that, of course, by posting on or sending us messages at mm-hmm. This American Horror Story or sorry, Facebook.com slash This American Horror Story. Yeah. Or by sending us uh, them via email to the email address, This American Horror Story at gmail.com. Of course, we always appreciate it when you rate us and review us on your whatever podcast platform you listen to as well. Uh, let's talk through, well, first of all, as we've said with American Horror Stories, we kind of play this series low-key. We're not normally drinking our alcoholic beverages because we're typically recording on like a Sunday morning. We kind of mm-hmm. chill out. I've got my coffee again. Um, I have a black I also think raspberry what's inter- LaCroix. Oh, there you go. Tasty. <laughs> <laughs> I also think what's interesting about this one is it gives us a couple days to kind of marinate and see what the response has been out and about in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and for other people, I, I kind of also enjoy having some of our listeners send us these reaction things because then you kind of get a a taste of where people are at on this one. And as I said, the naughty list, um, it split people. It split people. There's, there's different contingencies. And obviously this one felt very different in tone to me, at least than the last, the first three episodes we got. Um, before we really dig into it, what did you feel about getting, (laughs) why do you think we got a Christmas episode at the end of July? I, I, I don't. It's kind of weird. I, I I'm okay with it. It's fine. Uh, it's kind of fun to hear the music and stuff. Obviously, we're very far away from it. Uh, I think what will be fun to do is uh, after this season is over, t- you and I should go through and reorder the episodes on how we think they should have gone. <laughs> oh, that's a great idea. Um, but it, I don't we know. It's should. fine. J- Christmas in July. You know, whatever. <laughs> it's a horror movie. I'm I wonder. I, I feel you too, but I do wonder, would people have been more lenient on this episode had it actually happened around Christmas? And I was thinking... If it had been like mm-hmm. a real holiday episode. I, I, I was thinking like, you know, I like to watch Christmas horror movies during Christmas time. Um, you know, and also, what, was it necessary to make this a Christmas-themed episode just to get Danny Trejo in to make, be a Killer Santa Claus? There's, there's you know, a dozen Killer Santa Claus movies. Um does the device work or is it just kind of silly and they just like, what would it be like if we had Santa kill a bunch of influencers? So I I would have been more lenient if it came, uh, if it happened in December. For sure. Well, and I'd be curious to hear if others feel the same way. Some background on this episode. Um, it was written by Manny Cotto again. Mm -hmm. He's longtime American horror story writer wrote, uh, drive in, Mm -hmm. um, our last episode. So, uh, which is, Kind of interesting because to me this episode felt very, just felt pretty different in tone to Definitely. that episode. I mean, you know, they were trying to do something very specific. This episode was also directed by Max Winkler, who directed the movie Flowers in 2017. It also happens to be the son of Henry the Winkler. Fonz. So that's kind of interesting too. Exactly, exactly. So that's neat. Um, let's start out by talking about our occupants of the bro house. <laughs> God. They're the uh, most awful Ryan people Mer- ever. <laughs> at least, at least... Two of them especially. Yeah, that's I think true. there's there's a there's a they're on a they're on a scale that's for sure. These are the Fantastic Four that um 
Ryan Murphy had teased in advance of this season. Mm-hmm. We, of course, have Zinn, played by Nico Greedham. We have Wyatt, played by Charles Melton of Riverdale, who I will say was corrected to me on uh, by Caitlin on Facebook earlier this season. He is not a newcomer to American Horror Story. In fact, he was Mr. Wu in Hotel. That's that right. Was killed by the, the Swedish girls. That's right. So that was a that was a uh, misstep by me earlier on. So thank you, Caitlin, for that correction. So he was a returning character, not a returning character, but returning actor. Then we had James, who was played by Dion Burnside. And finally, Barry, who was played by Gleelum Kevin McHale. Um, poor Barry. You know, he was kind of the punching bag of the crew in this particular situation. He He's also the oldest there's a there's a lot of um, yeah. age talk in this uh, episode about when you're kind of moved out of your influencing years. I think that at one point they say you know they're they're coming up on thirty and thirty is essentially the new forty for influencers. Right. I mean, I think you know if we were going to take a step back from this episode and boil it down at the end of the day, certainly Danny Trejo as Killer Santa is. Is a hor- is the a, a horror aspect, but I think the real horror aspect, and I think many people have reached out to us about <laughs> yeah. this uh, in kind of agreement, is this kind of YouTuber, social media, follower-obsessed culture. Uh, I think in an email, Bryce put it really well and succinctly. He put, social media and insta-fame and the willingness to do anything it takes to achieve and maintain fame is the real boogeyman of this episode. And I think I would also agree with that. Um, we really quickly get to a point with these guys especially with guys like Zinn, where they're just like over-the-top distasteful. Mm-hmm. Um, and you start to dislike them immediately. Do you want to walk us through what happens in the cold open? Sure. It's kind of just like a montage of a, a YouTube culture uh, video with lots of like, and sound effects and, and, and uh, words that are thrown up on the, on the screen. But we're introduced to Bro House, where we meet Zinn, who's kind of like the leader of the group, the blonde dude. Then we have Wyatt, who said he was pre-med and makes jokes about how he could have been your doctor, but he seems kind of like a dummy. <laughs> um, and then we have Wyatt, who's Artie from Glee, uh, and he's kind of like the tech nerd, the, the guy they always put behind the camera, uh, and he's also like yeah. 28. These The rest of the guys are like 25 to 27, I think. Um, and then James, mm-hmm. who's the guy who used to uh, had his own YouTube channel where he used to review men's beauty products. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. and they want to get to 5 million subscribers. I think that's like, that's their goal and they need to keep upping it. So they have this, um, idea five days before Christmas to go to suicide bridge and record say they stayed up all night and they record to wait for someone to go to the bridge. They think this is going to like get really a lot more down or a lot more likes and a lot more subscribers. There is a man that's up there, and they film it. Artie, I keep, I'm keep saying Artie Wyatt, <laughs> um, has some concerns. He's like, I don't think this is cool. It's a little weird. We shouldn't probably do this. And the guy ends up falling off the bridge, uh, killing himself. And they film it, and they're like, Yeah, we got to put it up. But Wyatt is like, Dude, this is not. This is not good. We shouldn't do this. Um, and they want to actually go even record the body itself after, like, where the guy fell. Um, and they said this will get a million likes for sure. Um, they end up having a party. They do it, uh, and uh, Wyatt reluctantly does it. And then they they have a, this giant party at their crazy mansion, very Logan Paul, uh, Jake Paul, like that type of uh, situation. They drop a few names too. I think they drop uh, uh, PewDiePie, <laughs> which is uh, kind of funny. 
um, and, and Logan Paul's name checked as well. And they say, we're way past Charlie bit my finger. And a lot of us remember that video of Charlie bit my finger. It went viral. It's one of the first viral videos ever. It's super cute. Um, uh, the entire time, this is, this is building up to them releasing the video of the suicide at Suicide Bridge. They, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. they count it down. Right before they do it, again, uh, Wyatt says, I don't think this is a good idea. And Zen tells Wyatt, you need to get your mojo back, dude. You're kind of like... And then again, they reference like they're getting older. They need to do these things. They upload the video and immediately people at the party are just like their faces kind of drop. And they're like, what is this? Um, and they start losing followers. They, they start losing subscribers. They don't get likes. Um, and they find out that the family of the dead man is uh, holding a press conference to denounce the bro house. Uh, and uh, uh, I, I messed uh, oh wait, what? I oh shoot, I screwed up the names. Wyatt Wyatt is the um, Wyatt's Charles Milton. Bear, Barry's the shoot. Moral I'm sorry, I kept saying Wyatt. I wrote Wyatt down and I just ran with that. Sorry, I meant Barry the entire time. Barry's the one no who's worries. been concerned. I'm so sorry about that. <laughs> Please don't get mad at me. Um, <laughs> anyway, right. Wyatt makes some funny jokes. He's like, oh, they're like attention whores, talking about the family of the dead man who wants to. Uh, uh, it's holding a press conference because they're upset with the video. Uh, and Wyatt always has these kind of like, obviously like sharp comments that are supposed to be put on the, should be said in the mirror, referring back to themselves. Um, anyway, I think that's, that's kind of where we end it, right? Uh, I think about, and you might've even gone just to touch past the actual, oh, okay. they upload the video, think, which is, which yeah. is fine. Okay. Mm -hmm. My bad. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no worries. Um, a few things to call out from kind of this opening section. Obviously, you know, this, the portion that happens at Suicide Bridge is a a somewhat uh, I don't I don't know if I want to say subtle, but it also wasn't just like grossly overt illusion. A lot of people have drawn the parallels between Logan Paul's video and the Suicide Forest. Yep. Um, to kind of talk about you know obviously this whole thing, this episode being kind of a satire, talking about the ethics of you know the ethics of influencer culture, I guess, and kind of um, doing any doing any kind of thing to to get followers and likes and those kind of things. Um, the other thing I wanted to point out is that suicide. There is a real suicide bridge in the greater Los Angeles area. It's in Pasadena, called the Colorado Street Bridge. And let me read to you a little bit about this. Mm -hmm. um, it became known locally as Suicide Bridge after dozens of people leapt to their deaths. The bridge had a reputation before it was even built, as a construction worker fell to his death and landed in the wet cement under the bridge. This is was built in uh, 1913, 1912, I believe. So this was like early 1900s. The number of deaths spiked during the Great Depression, but the deaths did not stop there. One of the most popular stories was about a woman and her child. One night, the mother took her child and herself to the bridge and was ready to end her life. She threw her baby first and then oh. jumped, plummeting to her death. Oh. The child survived as oh. it landed in a tree unharmed, but wow. the mother successfully ended her life. Wow. Um, the rails on the bridge were replaced by an eight-foot-high... Uh, barrier, I think they said it was chain link barrier, to deter suicides, but the bridge, bridge was able to retain its nickname. To this day, the bridge still uses, or the, some still use the bridge as a means to end their lives. For example, I guess on October 27, 2015, a British American model and reality star committed suicide by jumping from the bridge. So, interest, reality star, kind of interesting the parallels wow. there, right? Mm -hmm. um, I do not believe that the bridge that they feature in this actual episode. Uh, the naughty list is the real Colorado bridge. I think it's a different mm -hmm. bridge, but this concept of a suicide bridge, I mean, there's lots of suicide bridges, 
you know, around. But, it, you know, it's worth noting that there is one that has kind of a gruesome and kind of haunted history in the greater Los Angeles area. Right. A couple other things I wanted to point out, too, at the beginning here. Um, you know, as we think about the cinematography here, how did you feel about the filming style? Because it was unique in the sense that, you know, we see likes and things popping up all the time. We kind of see the, the, the almost like the iPhone camera frame where there's like a button to record, all that kind of stuff. Um, I was just curious to hear your thoughts on on the approach to directing. Yeah, I think, it you know, it was trying to mimic what it's like to be online while in 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 real in real time you know the likes the the hearts going up if you ever seen a live stream or like tuned in on instagram or facebook or whatever like the hearts go up um it's it's fun and it's good it's a it's a lot (laughs) um i think it takes it takes away some of the fear and the and the uh, worry of being in a horror film i Again, I think the tone of this is very different than the other ones. This one's a little more like silly and like lighthearted, and you know, even though it's a heavy topic like suicide, um, and trying to make a, a, a comment on uh, what the whole YouTube culture is like and how atrocious it can be and awful and what people do. Um, I hate to compare it to Black Mirror, but Black Mirror episode with Bryce Dallas Howard, I don't know if you saw that one called Nosedive. This for is sure. my immediate mm-hmm. reference for how to do. <laughs> film a a really scary you know uh horror uh short or movie about what it's what how people depend on likes and that whole culture of making sure you're getting affirmation from strangers right Um, and they did the they did a similar thing where you would always like see like the your score the likes going up or whatever that one was more eerie and spooky and scary than this this one's more of like a silly like you know like a youtube video um, so I think it yeah, works it's, for its tone, but not not my not my preference. <laughs> sure. Well, I mean, look, it's it's very it's very like um, over the top satire. It's almost mm-hmm. kitschy in in mm-hmm. kind of the approach it takes. And I think that's intentional, you know. Yeah. Which I think is why to some people, um, it, it, some people were turned off by it, and others really liked it. To talk more about the Black Mirror episode that you're referencing, everyone will remember if they've seen it. That's the episode it's in which so basically good. the way it works is it's it's an episode in the future where. Um, you get kind of, you know, social points, basically, you know, whether you're allowed to buy a car or live in a specific neighborhood or join a club or even like ride a train depends on like how many how many likes and followers you have. Mm-hmm. So the fewer likes and followers you have, like the like the more restricted your life becomes, basically, it becomes almost like a currency, a social currency out in the world. Yep. And I think to a certain extent that was modeled after something kind of similar, some pilot program they're implementing in China, if I believe. Mm. I don't know if that's still happening or not. So it, like that was kind of a little bit big brother kind of reference too. So this is a little bit different, but it's kind of taking on some of the same, some of the same discussion. Right. Talking about the credit sequence. I don't know how you felt about this, but I thought the credit sequence was like, it's like a TikTok nightmare. It's horrifying. (laughs) I loved it. I, they're knocking it out of the park with their openings. I think, cause yes, we're getting some of those like brief videos, those TikToks, those uh, Instagram videos that are like, you know, people doing routines or the challenges or whatever. Obviously, it's all Santa themed and and stuff, but it's also spliced together with some some spooky, horror-y Christmas images. I they I just they're doing a really they're doing a really good job with the credit sequences, and I love that they're different for everyone. What what, what did you think? I thought it was excellent. I thought it was. It, I thought 
To a certain extent, I think the credit sequence did a better job of evoking horror than the actual episode did. Now, I think the actual episode was not really intended to, ha like, really be especially creepy. I think it was intended more to, like, convey a specific social message. But I think that, like, to me, watching the credit sequence was, like, a lot more, like I said, kind of nightmarish. Um, and something, something really horrifying. Like, yeah, getting um, sucked into that world, totally. Mm -hmm, it mm -hmm. felt like watching like a like the video for like or maybe like rabbit rabbit <laughs> um or or like the ring video yeah. where it's just like all these images and you're like am i subliminally being told to like go do something awful <laughs> right exactly uh you know and our, our as the episode progresses though after the credit sequence our fantastic four um they need to re figure out a way to reboot basically especially after um, their Lamborghini was it that got repossessed? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, so they're in a tough situation. They're losing fifty thousand followers like every couple hours. Uh, I think we need I, to know at this point too. I think we were five days from Christmas when they first filmed the episode, and then we get closer and closer to Christmas Eve. I think right um, as the episode continues, they have this weird little inter interlude uh, before we get to Danny Trejo and the actual horror of it, where they decide they're going to do. They're going to become homosexuals. I know. Um, this was weird. <laughs> it's. Uh, it and I, I. Yeah. I, I mean, I understand what it is. And I understand like that. They're, I think it was the whole point was just to show that they're trying to do things to how desperate they are to get attention, to get the likes and subscribers back. But to go that route, sure. exploitive, exploit, like, you know, like gay identity and and queer baiting and and whatnot was just very bizarre and it was like a five minute waste of time a dalliance that didn't really matter i guess but except to show yeah. that they're desperate right right and i guess you know obviously this is a they're referencing like a real thing that takes yeah. place sometimes on some of these youtube networks and stuff and just to kind of bring in you know i think that's uh, an email from our listener bryce had some good commentary here too he said the whole queer baiting scene which was so accurate in my opinion was downright hilarious oh. every time they said no homo <laughs> i cracked up <laughs> especially knowing that kevin McHale is gay in real life i wonder what he was thinking behind the scenes uh i mean obviously to to the point we're making this this was intended to kind of feed the social satire narrative of this entire piece so I guess I understand why they spent more time on it because if we think about the like the horror element of this episode ultimately being how like um, oblivious they are to their out to the rest of the world and kind of how they're they're so selfish and like um, so focused on attaining followers and likes, then it makes more sense I guess why we would kind of follow this little. Um, side yeah. piece instead of getting more quickly to Danny Trejo. But that said, as somebody who's a fan of Danny Trejo and wanted more quickly to get to yeah. the murdering Santa, I feel like this, the section, I feel like it could have been cut, but I understand why they kept it. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. And I, and again, it's uh, maybe just because the limitations of trying to do a film, a full movie in like 40 minutes is, is kind of tough. Uh, and this just felt shoved in there a bit. Um, and it's kind of, I don't know, a little, it should be a little meta because does not American Horror Story sometimes seem like it's queer baby <laughs> with characters? I, you know, but also mm -hmm. and Ryan Murphy is gay. So, you know, I don't know who am I, who, who, I don't, I don't know. It, it just felt a little forced and kind of not worked in well. Um, and 
there are ways to have done that better, maybe. I feel you. It's almost like maybe if this had been a full two-hour movie, that scene would have it would have would have been yeah. well served because it kind of feeds that narrative better. But for the sake of a one-hour episode, you know, and what the re- like what viewers mainly want, it's like getting to the killer Santa probably a little bit faster is probably. What we're and for. I was at that point, I was like, okay, can we start killing these guys yet? Because we definitely already hate them. Um, it, but it does feel like right. we want to make this co- uh, this commentary about this part of the you know online culture. So let's make sure we put it in there it's not i don't think it's bad and i think the commentary on it's correct it's just it didn't feel like it fit well and i didn't i didn't find it as funny i was like this is annoying (laughs) i hate these guys totally well and then we get back to um you know we get back to the scene at the mall where they're trying to again like go back to their roots just kind of have a fun episode with them at the mall i believe this was barry's idea that like Let's not do something that's so dark this time and just do our normal thing. Um, and then, of course, they find the mall Santa and end up like harass, like sexually harassing, basically, the mall elf. They harass the other elf that works with her, um, and they're pretty shitty to Santa, which is when Danny Trejo like bitch slaps in uh, before the, the mall security comes. Um, I don't know. My question for you here, I guess, is like, Especially with Zinn and with Wyatt, we get a little bit more of it later with the other two with Bear or with James and Barry. But like, how did you feel about Zinn and Wyatt being like wholly unsympathetic? Yeah, Especially Zinn. There, this is where I kind of wish the show had gone a little bit more. Spent the time doing this instead of some of the other things, which is you know what you know how why do these people become such awful people and desperate for likes and such like blah, like sexually harassing people and um being incredibly like offensive and rude and not thoughtful around children you know there, there there's there's definitely a boundary that these guys just keep jumping over um and again just kind of like black mirror i wish we got to see like them just kind of un- unraveling a little bit more going kind of crazy and doing these things because they're so desperate just like bryce Dallas howard's character was uh to get to that wedding um they are they are like you said they're completely unsympathetic um there's no redeeming qualities so i was just really eager for them to die even 10 minutes before they showed up at the mall uh yeah Mm -hmm. at least with barry you get a little bit and and with um james James. you get a little bit of you know kind of like oh they're you know they're just kind of lost souls these other two dudes are just you know zen is crazy why it's an idiot it seems like uh and the other two like have redeeming qualities um, like the, and they just feel like they kind of got rolled up in with everybody else. Certainly with mm-hmm. Barry, it's just like, you know, the only he's given access to these things he wouldn't have otherwise if he wasn't involved with these yeah. guys. James, James, I think mentions at one point, like you said, that he had his own kind of YouTube thing going on before, and he was kind of pulled into this situation, mm-hmm. and maybe like you know he was paid enough money that he was kind of forced to conform to whatever it was. I also think during the whole queer baiting section. You know, we we have the moment where there's you know there's basically the assumption that James really is gay. So it's all, there's almost yeah. like a meta right. commentary there too, where um, he like even though they're queer baiting him or whatever, it's like we kind of see that he's he's having to hide a part of himself throughout all this as well. So there's some kind of meta things happening. As for the scene at the mall, I think the big irony is obviously supposed to be the fact that they're like. They're trying to like not be as controversial, but they end up being just as big of assholes yeah. in their attempt yep. to yep. not be assholes. <laughs> yep. And so they just put themselves in a bigger hole. They post that and their followers continue to fall. 
There's a change.org um, petition. <laughs> uh, it just becomes, it, you know, it be, becomes worse and worse. It, it kind of makes you wonder how these guys were able to, 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 excuse me, to sustain a successful YouTube channel for as long as they yeah. did, given uh, how out of touch. I mean, maybe Barry had more influence before uh, in, in kind of guiding them until their their followers just got totally out of control. Um we go back to the house now, and this is when we start to finally get into the the Santa murder section of it, which I think was at least might have even been at least halfway, if not more, through the episode. I, yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. We get the background on Danny Trejo Santa was not the real Santa who was supposed to be at the mall that night. You know, they found the real Santa's pieces of body in a package at his house, and so you we start to hear this this kind of urban legend, yeah, about about the Santa who is. Uh, a wild man. Just, yeah. Uh, I believe the legend is, let's see, because they find, I don't, this clause article that they read about the wild man is that um, Santa's actually derived instead from, instead of from like Papa Noel or something wholesome like that, it's it's actually a derivation of a nature god who punishes the naughty, which is kind of an interesting and fun concept um, that we don't get to obviously tell a little bit late in this episode. And then this is they the start movie to die. I wanted. This is what I, where I wanted to spend more time in this episode. <laughs> I know when we finally get to this point, it's like holy shit! As this, this is stuff cool. happens, I mean, these deaths were were Oof. gruesome. Yeah, Wyatt, the first one having in the beer fridge with the GoPro. I mean, pretty clever of uh, Danny Trejo Santa yeah. to, to think of like really think about how he's going to stage these murder shots. Mm-hmm. The head being twisted off completely. Oh my backwards. gosh, that Ugh. was crazy. That was good. I was wondering what was going to happen. Um, I got very a lot of vibes. From um, uh, Tatum from Scream going into the the garage to get a beer at the party. I, I, I wonder if that's a reference point, but it was really good. Also, it could yeah. have been because um, Henry, uh, um, director's name again, Winkler. What's which? Max is, Winkler. Max Winkler. His dad was in Scream One. Henry Winkler played the principal. Yeah, that could be a reference too. There was also a couple meta references throughout this episode to other Ryan Murphy properties. Uh, mm-hmm. Bryce found those in his email as well. I think he he said that in an episode of Nine One One, there's a fireman who tells some kids that that are waiting for Santa that Santa isn't real, which is the same thing that Zen obviously does to the kids at the mall. Right. And then um, as Chanel Number Two dies <laughs> in Scream Queens, uh, she updates her social media status, which is you know akin to obviously all these guys kind of following their followers, especially Barry, who's when they hit five, five million right before he dies. Yep. Um, but yeah, that Wyatt having his head twist off was wild. Um, they also have a weird... T- so the Zinn section takes a few moments for him to actually die. This is when Barry and James are reading the Claus article, I believe. But there's like a strange kind of camera flicker. Did you notice that when he first goes into the garage? I, like, I wasn't sure if it was actually hmm. the lights in the garage or if it was just some kind of effect that, the, that Max Winkler was putting at like... Yeah, I don't, I don't. I don't remember if I noticed that or not. I mean, there was. I think the interesting part of this episode is we kind of jump between viewing things through, like being aware of viewing things through a through a camera, and then there's actual parts that are like we're more a fly on the wall watching what's happening to different people, you know. And I think they try mm-hmm. to use visual clues for that, um, but it's a little bit. At certain points, for me, it was like a little bit hard to remember. Like, oh, are we are we actually like through somebody else's camera? Are we looking through somebody's eyes, or are we just like observing what's happening? You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Uh, I believe that Santa smashes Zinn's head with a some kind of stick, um, or like a bedpost. What was it, he holding? I think it was a club, um, and that's that comes from the Wildman lore. 
that 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 version or that theory of Santa carries a club around. It almost looked like a dinosaur bone to me, but I think it was like an like a club. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty brutal. And then I, can um, I say so? Can I say though that like I kind of wish Zin's death had been dragged out even more because he really deserved to suffer. <laughs> I know. Yeah, and that's. I think that's part of the problem is that we had to kind of crowd all their deaths in really quickly into the end which they yeah. i wish they would have taken a note from something like scream and kind of drawn them out a little bit more you know what i mean just like I hurt mean, a little bit the and second then half like, of this yeah the second half of this episode is like exactly what i want like i it was it was fun and silly and like it, it's a type of movie that in december if i'm looking for a horror movie and i, I see a santa themed one i'm like oh I'll watch that and if i'd watch this i'd be like exactly what i wanted perfect like i mean not not an award-winning film by any means but a good fun time watching a bunch of you know young people get butchered <laughs> uh yeah but but, but I mean, zin should I, have been anyway yeah i suppose of all the guys zin does get like killed the slowest because he gets beaten he in the does face and then That's he gets true. he gets his mouth stuffed with holly mm-hmm. or mistletoe i'm not sure which one it is and then they wrap him he wraps him in live lights. christmas lights and electrocutes him in the water which is yeah. pretty gruesome um Going through the other deaths, obviously, uh, James and Barry try to make a run for it. They do have a scene that is pretty emotional before they go outside that is like, it reminds you that these two guys are actually, you know, a little, a, a little bit different than, than the other two who kind of, I don't want to say they deserve to die, but they certainly like were not redeemable, redeeming characters yeah. in any way. Um, but the way that Santa has his candy cane crossbow and shoots James through the hand and <laughs> that was through tight. the back of the head. Oh, God. I know, that, that was brutal, was... too. That was incredible. That this, this I also th- yeah. I also thought it was pretty awesome how the the one that uh he shoots through Barry's leg goes right through his phone. <laughs> <laughs> See that's that's the type of commentary I like that AHS can do, you know, where it's like let's not completely verbalize our commentary on culture or make it like hit us over the head with it. That imagery, boom, perfect. Subtle Everyone gets it. It's mm-hmm. that I love that. That's very smart. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you know, as Barry limps back into the house, he tries to put out a plea. His the phones are all dead, so he tries to put out, a, and the power's out. I think at this point, so he tries to put out a. Well, the power must not be out because he still has internet. The power right? came back on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It power went off and then on. it came back on. Yeah, yeah. So he still has internet. He tries to put out a plea by putting a caption on the YouTube video. Um, and then, of course, the the next response is like, "Ha ha, okay, Barry." <laughs> you know, it's no yeah. one believes him. They're, they're the guys right, who cried pranksters. wolf, I guess. Yeah. So no one's no one's going to take him seriously anymore. Um, and, and we should comment that throughout, as 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 Danny Trejo posts, you know, these deaths on their YouTube channel, everyone just thinks they're fake special effects things. No one actually believes mm-hmm. they're real as they're right. going. Um, and then finally, Santa dumps a bunch of gas down the chimney, mm-hmm. and just as they reach 5 million subscribers, poor Barry's burned alive as mm-hmm. uh, Bing Crosby plays in the Silent background. Night plays, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, I kind of, I was like, I don't want to watch this scene too much because I love that version of that song <laughs> during Christmas. Now I'm going <laughs> to think of Barry getting burned alive. I mean, I think all the, the way that all these deaths were filmed was really excellent, in my yeah. opinion. I thought that they were very well done. Um, Barry being on fire running through the house was, like, scary and, you know, just visually, ca- like, couldn't, couldn't pull your eyes away. A lot of these were. Um, and then the episode ends with, the you know, the cops come back. There's a bunch of body parts hanging from the tree. 
And, you know, Danny Trejo is out spotting another Santa Claus in a parking lot. Um, question for you before we start diving into kind of our analysis of this episode. Did Barry deserve to live? There's a lot I'm of so glad you opened with that because I was just thinking uh, from the beginning, I knew Barry would die. Um, there's a whole order of the way people die in and I, I actually want to read up on this. But have you did you ever read the book? And then there were none. No, by Agatha Christie. So there's 10 people. They show up at an island and one by one they start dying. Um, and the order that they die in is very interesting. Um, they all have something in their past that they're guilty of that they did. And the order that they go in are, you would think the person who's the most tortured by it might like, or regretful or concerned about wanting to repent or redeem themselves is the most sympathetic character. And they are, and Barry is that for this. So then we, why do we have that person die last and get tortured by all these other deaths throughout the process? Um, The first person who dies is always the person who's just oblivious or doesn't care and it doesn't matter to them. And often that person should be the one that's taught the lesson more so about how detrimental their behavior is. Uh, and yet we do it the other way. So, and, and then there were none. The final person who dies is this woman who is just like tortured by what she did. And I won't spoil that. Um, I'm not spoiling that she dies because, and then there were none. <laughs> the title of the book spoils it. But anyway, Wyatt dying first is the the dumb guy that just doesn't, even understand that what he's doing is bad zen goes next and then the last two people we have are barry and james who show some sort of remorse about what well uh barry shows remorse but there's some sort of humanity within them still so from the beginning i knew barry would die and i and because he's kind of would you say he's the bigger star out of all those actors or he's probably the more well-known one maybe I think it depends who the yeah, audience is because maybe true. if you watch Riverdale, you're a Charles Melton. You that's know what I totally mean? true. Um, but in terms of like you know people who Ryan Murphy's worked with the most, I think you could argue that um, yeah. obviously so, he was on a star in Glee for a long time. Right. I think so. I think um, did he deserve to die? No. But did I think he would die? Yes. He still hit publish. Like he still recorded the videos, even though he was remorseful yeah. and showed that he thought this was not a good idea. And verbalize that he still did it. <laughs> yeah. What, what did you think? Would he die? Did he die? I, I don't Should know. He have died? I, I, I don't know that I thought he would die. I thought maybe he would be a lone survivor situation, but I don't have a problem with him dying, given what you said, especially because I feel like the fact that he was still celebrating 5 million followers at the end of it all, he right. kind of had to die at that point in order for the story to land um, and be like the full satire it needed to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also think it's interesting, too, to your point, when we think about the order of people dying in these, you know, starting with kind of the most oblivious to the people who like actually um, regret their actions the most. I think what makes it interesting when you take that approach is that you end up sympathy. I mean, you end up having some sympathy for the final totally. person. So as a viewer, it puts you in a conflicted situation intentionally about whether or not these people should still die. You know, have they, because they have a moral conscience, should they be redeemed? I mean, it leads us to this whole discussion. And so I kind of like that aspect of it. You know what I mean? We're connected with Um, those characters much more than the others, for sure. That that makes sense. Exactly. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, like, if Zim was the last one left, it's not like we would be super, you know, we wouldn't feel any conflict about it. We would just be in a hurry to see him die in some brutal way. Right. So, I like, I think it ends ends up being fitting. So, man, The Naughty List, episode four of American Horror Stories, you know, where do you land on it? 
Well, so Amy sent us a Facebook message, uh, the one that you mentioned earlier. She also said she went back and watched Unholy Night from Asylum, which is also the Christmas-themed one. I went back and with watched... With Ian McShane. Mm-hmm. With Ian McShane. I went back and watched the opening five minutes of that. It was amazing. It's so good. It, it, it stands. It's spooky. You're connected to the characters. It's it's horror. It's violent. And it's, you know, awful. If I'm going to pick an American Horror Story christmas thing i'm gonna go probably to that one comparing it to this totally different tones this one is like a silly superficial fun time at the movies type of a thing i liked it i just liked the second half a lot more i think we had too much like they they the the writers definitely want to or manny really wanted to establish to like really despise these people it's not hard to do that in the opening sequence <laughs> um yeah i wanted to hurry up and get to the killer santa i wanted more of danny trejo uh he barely was in it to be honest uh, <laughs> but uh but in the message was very loud and clear very american horror story where we're going to beat you over the head with it but it was fun i still liked it i i i like i said if i pick this in december and i watch it like that's exactly what i wanted to see it it's not gonna win an award but it's it hits the right spot for me when i want to see a, a you know killer santa claus during the holidays um, right. I I think I would give this a I feel like I'm a broken record three out of five three out of five uh, bloody Santas. bloody candy canes bloody candy let's do canes. bloody candy canes that was recommended yeah. by William B. emails oh I love that perfect three out of five bloody mm-hmm. uh, candy canes what would you give it yeah maybe <laughs> so here's my I'm gonna say maybe something controversial I think this should not have been a Christmas episode <gasps> I think they're I don't think there was any reason for it to be. Mm. I think it was Christmas in July for no real reason. I think that the story would have held, and I think we would not judge it as harshly if it had not been Christmas-themed, because I think we were too eager to get to Killer Santa Claus. Had it just been some kind of morally righteous killer, mm. and I mean, I, I understand that it had to, but I feel like the writers could have come up with some other way to set up somebody wanting to come and kill these guys. You or know like what I mean? the member of the family of the man who committed suicide, you know? Exactly, exactly. There, I don't think there was a reason for it to be Christmassy, and I think that that was that limited from the power this episode could have had just as like a capsule social, you know, social satire in which the horror of the episode is how self-involved these guys are and how delusional they are and how kind of gross they are in their pursuit of followers and things. So I think that the episode was well done. I think that I appreciated its simplicity and its message to a certain extent, and I think it accomplished what it intended to. And I do think the horror scenes at the end were excellent. Um, I don't think that Christmas was the right frame for it. For that reason, though, I'm still going to give it a four because I still enjoyed it. Um, I think it, I, you know, in terms of something that like captured my attention for 48 minutes or whatever, I think it successfully accomplished that. Um, yeah, but but I, I I think that Christmas just wasn't the right vehicle. I think Ian McShane um, it was a more you know, there was, he had more opportunity to be a more complicated Santa killer in Asylum. I, I love Danny Trejo, but I don't think there was a reason he needed to be a Santa. Yeah. Um, I hope we get more of him, too, in a future episode. Because, you know, I, I I don't think that the way this episode was and the fact that the focus was supposed to be on these guys, I don't know that it may, would have made sense to have gotten that much more of him necessarily in this episode. But I, mm-hmm. I like him a lot and would like to get more of him in right. a different episode. So that is uh, that puts us at seven, seven bloody candy canes, I think. Out of That's 10, not which bad. is not bad. For me, This for, I still enjoyed this episode, I think, for me, better than uh, the two Rubber Woman episodes. Of the yeah, season. me too. 
Me too. Mm-hmm. Um, I also want to mention real quick, I, th- I think I've said committed suicide, and language-wise, I don't believe that's the proper way to say that um, today. I believe you. Uh, I should be saying died of suicide, and I've had journalism training on that, and I forgot to do that, so I just want to mm. mention that. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, right on. Uh, so that's kind of our wrap-up of the naughty list curious to hear everybody else's thoughts on this episode obviously mm-hmm. there's a lot of feels it's given people understand both sides of it uh, you know for sure so i'm curious to hear where other people net it out next week we get billy lord so that's something to be excited yeah. for for episode five heck yeah uh i will say you know and you know, first of all you can always you know join our conversation at this american horror story on facebook same thing, this American Horror Story at gmail.com. I mean, I expect and hope we get additional responses on this between now and next week, and we can kind of do a little recap of, like, we should even do, like, a little flash poll of where it's seeing more people nutted out on it. Oh, yeah. uh, and finally, you know, continue continue to join our community or help others join our community by rating us and reviewing us on uh, your favorite podcast platform. Chris, where can people find you between now and next week? Instagram and Twitter, uh, at Chris Husted, Chris with a K. I've gotten a lot more followers lately, so I think people are listening to our podcast. I mean, we are the number one American Horror Stories podcast. <laughs> what about you, Tyler? You can find me on those same platforms at TJMoss11. Uh, thank you all so much for listening, and until next week, happy hunting. Happy hunting.